0: Welcome to the Bariatric Bros Podcast, where we are living that bariatric life and eating like men. I'm Mike Alley. Thanks for hanging out with me. I'm excited about today because we are talking about food. Matter of fact, we've entitled the episode, Food, Food, Food. Much like Motley Crue's Girls, 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 but... More along the lines of what we all kind of obsess about. So we'll get to that in a minute. Hope that you will follow us on all of our social media. We are at bariatric bros on Instagram. We're on Facebook and Twitter and even TikTok. Again, you can find us at Bariatric Bros. Our website, bariatricbros.com. And of course, we hope that you are subscribing or following this podcast on whichever platform you like. Apple, we're on Google and Spotify and Stitcher. So wherever you are listening, we hope that you will do that. And we hope you'll leave a review too. If if your podcast uh, provider does reviews, That definitely helps us, so we sure would appreciate it. So, hey, I want you to hang out, if you will, towards the end of the podcast today because I'm going to tell you about something that I'm very excited about, something we're going to do as a community here at Bariatric Bros to help others, and we hope that you can be a part of it. We'll tell you at the end of the podcast today. We're also going to be taking our first visit to the Bariatric Bros. test kitchen. We'll be trying some new snacks, and uh, do they pass that Bariatric Bros. taste test? We shall see. Food, food, food. It's why we're here. It's why you're listening. I mean, it may be you've had bariatric surgery. Most likely, it's because of our relationship with food and how we've dealt with it over the years. A co-worker once told me that The way I described food is the way someone else would describe a piece of art. It's the way that you talk about the texture and the taste and the nuances of the flavors, the color, the plating. And that's when I realized that, yeah, I'm a foodie. It's my hobby. It's a passion. Food is great. Foodie, that name kind of gets a bad rap sometimes. It... Lends itself to those that are pretentious. Dishes that are that are you know hoity toity, highfalutin, whatever name you want to call it, that makes it unaccessible to the normal person. That I've got to have truffle oil or something like that on top of everything, and that makes it a foodie dish. No, a true foodie is someone who enjoys food in all its forms, shapes, and fashions. And that means from basic and plain dishes that are done extremely well to very creative fusions that push the boundaries of what we think about as food. I'm that person. I'm a foodie, and I'm fine with that. For me, it started off back when I was a kid, I think the basis of all of our food starts with when we're children and how we're brought up with food. In my case, my grandfather was a very powerful influence in my life when it comes to food. In other ways, too, but really in food. Here's the thing. He's a blue-collar guy. He grew up during the Depression when they didn't have a lot of food, where they found ways to make meager go a long way. But here's the thing, he also enjoyed fine food. His jobs over the years were blue-collar jobs, but he also then moved up to the point where he owned his own trucking company and he had been a salesman. So he knew everything from basic street food, that's what we would call it today, they would just call it food, to very high-end fine dining. I mean, my grandfather was the one who introduced me to a Coney Island hot dog. I remember going out with him when I was a kid. During the summer, he'd like, hey, you want to go to work with me? And we'd go out and we'd jump on his truck and he would do uh, trucking short hauls around the city, which means he'd deliver from this company to that company. It wasn't like big rig trucking. It was local stuff. But that would mean at some point during the day, we would stop and get breakfast and we'd get lunch. And I loved going out with him. Breakfast was great. We'd go to this little place around the corner from where he kept the trucks called the Cozy Kitchen. I'm guessing it was probably the greasiest of greasy spoons. But at the time as a kid, all I knew was it was the coolest place in the world to get this huge breakfast of eggs and Scrapple. And home fries, these potatoes that were sliced up, cooked with onions and paprika and salt and pepper and probably other spices that I didn't realize at the time. And this big plate would be put down in front of me and I would eat it all because I was a trucker for the day. And I was in this cool place, sitting with other adults in the city, and we were going to enjoy this food, and I was going to prep for the day, and I sure wasn't going to turn my nose up at anything that my grandfather was putting in front of me. Same thing, like I said, with the Coney Island hot dog. First time I ever had it, we were out at a place uh, on the far end of town, and it was a little hot dog cart. He said, you want a Coney Island dog? And I said, I don't know what that is, but yes, yes, sir, I would love one. And he brought this thing back, and it had mustard and onions and ketchup and relish on it. Now, I will tell you at that time, a hot dog for me was a hot dog, a bun, and ketchup. I did not do mustard. Didn't really care for it that much. Uh, Raw onions, no. Relish was, I'm sure, good. I don't know that I had it that often. I ate that hot dog, and I tasted those flavors, And it wasn't something I would have ever asked for. And I didn't really come to love mustard until years later. But it was being with my grandfather. It was being in that moment on the job and having a Coney Island hot dog, being like an adult. And so I ate it and I tasted it. And sitting here thinking about it right now, I can still taste that tang of that mustard And the crunch and and kind of bite of those onions, which for me at, I'm going to guess, eight, nine, 10 years old was like powerful, but yet I wasn't going to say, ooh, I don't like this. I ate that and it was great. The interesting part was my grandfather, as I said, grew up in the depression. So I remember him cooking. I remember him cooking tripe, which is basically cow intestine. Now, I must admit... I never liked tripe. But he grew up with that. So that was something he cooked. I remember him cooking all the time uh, at my grandparents' place. My grandmother cooked as well. And we always had fresh vegetables and, and, you know, summertime, Maryland tomatoes and corn, steamed crabs. I mean, it was amazing. But I always remember my grandfather cooking as well. He had amazing dishes that he made. But he also knew a great steak from being a salesperson at a trucking company and having to take high-end clients out. He knew about fine dining. And I will also remember getting dressed up with him because we were going to a nice restaurant. And you'd get dressed up to go to a nice restaurant. And you'd put on a clean pair of slacks and a dress shirt and maybe even sometimes a jacket. And we'd go to a nice restaurant. And that's the first time I would have some seafood uh, beyond just like steamed crabs or crab soup. It would be like a nice piece of fish or a steak or ham, you know, roasted ham. And I remember being fancy and it being a very special occasion. And I knew that and I internalized that. This was something special. It all revolved around food. My mother and my father were also very important because they, being younger, were also introducing me to things like Chinese food. I mean, that was amazing. We'd go to this place, and again, it's not like today where there's a carryout on every corner. This was, you were going to the Chinese restaurant, and it was white linens cool little cups with Chinese symbols on them for hot tea, amazing food that we only got every once in a while back then. All of my younger years developed these passions for different foods. That has carried on into my years of saying, well, I loved this and I loved that and I loved when I tried this, so let me be open to trying something else. Also in my life, that was family. The Sunday dinners at my grandparents' house was a table filled with food, hours of cooking, and then anywhere from five to ten people sitting around a table for a few hours, enjoying each other's company, talking about the news of the week and other relatives, while enjoying food together. It's so a part of my life. So much good can come out of a relationship with food. So is it any wonder that we go there when we need comfort? But here's the thing. At some point, the idea of food as the enemy is introduced into your life. In my case, I have the genetics of a fat guy. Yep. I mean, if you look at my dad's side of the family, they are all, men, women, all of them alike, heavy people and have been for many generations, and that made me a heavy kid. At some point, I'm gonna say, I guess around 10 years old, my mother, when she listens to this, will probably correct me. I went on my first diet, prescribed by my pediatrician. Now, I'm sure it's different these days, but back then, it was very yes or no. This was good, that wasn't good, and don't eat too much. It just felt very restrictive. It's not the way you change the mindset for a kid about how they deal with food. I'm glad I went through it because it's brought me to who I am today. I don't look back and regret the things that have happened in my past because it has made me who I am. But I do see those things now as being key points to how I dealt with food over the years. Everything back then was over-sugared and over-salted, packaged and convenient. I mean, this was that time coming out of the 60s and into the 70s. The family, we're on the go. We're busy. We're doing our things. We need convenience. We need food that we can eat quickly because, hey, mom's starting to work now in addition to dad working in the regular household and the kids are on the go. And hey, there's this cool thing that cooks food in minutes called a microwave. And I remember when the first one came to the house, it was like, what? We only heated water for a few years, but you started to learn how to cook with this thing. And it was about how do we get it fast? How do we get it quick? Anything diet back then when I was a kid that was uh, sugar-free or whatever, it tasted, it tasted like death. It was not good. I remember trying diet soda. Back then, I remember trying things that didn't have any sugar or whatever because, oh, well, if I can do this, I can eat as many of these as I want because there's no sugar or it's diet, except it tasted awful. Now we're in a constant war from this point on with the thing that we've learned to love. And most of us gave in to that love and the weight piled on. We lost the war. Matter of fact, we might not have even fought. We might just have said, hey, you know what? I don't care. I'm eating this. And even as the medical world sent out new and improved guidelines on what and how we should eat, well, that just messed us up even more. More fiber. Less fat. More fruit. Less fruit. Zero cholesterol. Cholesterol doesn't matter. Low carb. No. Low glycemic. High fat. High protein. Is it any wonder that some of us get depressed, sad, even suicidal? over food? When the so-called experts can't even agree, how are we supposed to be able to deal with that? There's a whole lot of money in the food, medicine, and self-help industry. And if you want to go down that kind of conspiracy theory rabbit hole, then you've got Netflix and YouTube that you can, you know, go and spend your time doing that. We're not going to do that. What happened with me is instead of waging a war on food, Food became my mistress. It was no secret I was a big guy, but not many people saw me eat like one. I became an expert at hiding my rendezvous with food. Stash some snacks in my desk, run out for some errands, and hit the drive through for a big burger. Oh, and one of my favorites, getting takeout for my family and ordering an extra item or two and then eating it before I get back to the house. Did you try that? Have you done that? I was an expert at how fast I could eat that. And, oh, you got to leave the trash in the car, so, of course, you can't come in with a bag with, hey, why are there already two empty wrappers in here? I was good. I could down a cheeseburger or burrito in about four minutes between the fast food place and our house. I'm not sure if my family even realized it or not. If they did, they didn't say anything. I mean, even at home, fixing a meal for my family and eating a plate of leftovers while I'm cooking. You know, keeping it up in the microwave or in a cabinet just in case someone wandered in the kitchen. I worked hard to keep my lover hidden. That's what you do when you're cheating. It wasn't hard to see the toxic effect of this affair on the outside of my body. But until the secret came to light with my high blood pressure, I didn't want to change it. I'm sure a bunch of you have had this same mistress. This same toxic affair and the same hidden secrets. But this is not about where we've been, but where we're going. I'm now a year post-op. I've lost 140 pounds and my life has changed. But one thing hasn't. I still love food. I mean, how can you not? It's so good, right? (laughs) And it can be good for you, both physically and mentally. I've learned that, like any healthy relationship, the more you know about yourself and your partner, the healthier and happier you'll be. So, here are some of Mike's tips to help you into a better, loving relationship with your food. Number one, learn about yourself. If I asked you right now to name your top five favorite foods, I bet you could rattle them off right now without really even thinking about it. But why are they your favorite foods? Can you break it down? Break down why your favorite foods are your favorite foods. Not just, oh, it tastes good, but what is it about the taste, texture, or smell that makes it one of your favorites? Most likely, you'll start to see a pattern in the dishes that are your favorites. You can determine the flavors, textures, and smells that you know will bring you satisfaction as you find new and healthier ways to make your favorites or to discover new favorites. For me, pizza is always one of my top fives. I mean, I love pizza. The right combination and ratio of Sauce to cheese to crust and toppings. I mean, when you find the right one, ooh, actually, I think I want to stop and have some pizza, but we'll keep going. So, if I can discover a higher protein or maybe lower carb crust that pairs with an amazing lower sugar sauce, then I can have one of my favorites more often than I might if I didn't look for an alternative. Do that same thing with your favorites. Break them down. Figure out what it is you really love about the favorite things in your life. Tip number two, or maybe 1B, because it's got the same title. Learn about yourself. Get with a bariatric dietitian. Now, I'm not talking about a regular dietitian. They're wonderful and they're very knowledgeable. I'm talking about someone who knows the bariatric process inside and out. Check their references. This is a person that can help you make sure that you're getting the proper nutrition in what you're eating, but also the vitamins and supplements that you're taking. Nothing against your surgeon or your regular doc, but a bariatric dietitian can also spend time with you, help you map out a food plan that incorporates your favorites and a variety so you don't get bored. Talk to them about the stuff in tip one, breaking down your favorites and why you like what you like. Explain it to them and Ask them to help you incorporate that, and maybe they have some great alternatives or suggestions to help you find some new favorites. Tip number three, cook if you can. Now, I love to cook. I love playing with my favorite flavors and spices and putting together something delish. It is pure pleasure for me. I really, really enjoy it. And there are so many wonderful folks on social media now sharing amazing recipes and videos that aren't hard for you to accomplish, even if you're a beginning cook. As a matter of fact, in the show notes, I'm going to go ahead and put a couple of my favorite uh, websites and social media links to folks who really do it well. And hopefully you'll find a few new favorites in there as well. One of the benefits of cooking for yourself is to be able to adjust things exactly to your taste. So in your case, if you need something that maybe is a little bit lower salt, well, then you can adjust that recipe to lower salt. You can adjust a particular spice palette. I cannot do cilantro. I am one of those people whose cilantro tastes like soap. Any recipe with cilantro, boom it comes out. I love Asian flavors, so I love playing with all kinds of different Asian spices and marinades in dishes. And I've come upon a couple of different marinades. As a matter of fact, if you go to the Bariatric Bros Instagram, my air fryer roast pork recipe is there with the marinade that I make because I love it. It's delicious. And I hope maybe you will too. I recommend starting a notes section on your phone or on your computer, or if you're old school, man, grab yourself a notebook. Keep the recipes that you're fine, that fine. I can't tell you how many times I have said, oh, that looks amazing. I'm going to come back to that later because I'm in the middle of something else, and then I can't find it. Now, what if you're not a cook, or you really don't like cooking, or maybe you just don't have the time in your life? Well, thankfully, now there's so many choices for higher protein, healthy foods out there that you can find. What you can got to do, though, with this is you've got to become an expert at reading labels. Looking at a quick glance when you're shopping or online to know if this is a good dish for you. How do the calories, the carbs, the fats, and the protein all fit into your specific plan? Again, this is another area where a great bariatric dietitian can help you. Tip number four, be prepared. Meal prep is huge in the bariatric world. Some of us are really great at it, and others, well, you know, it's a nice idea, but hard to accomplish on a regular basis. Here's my take. If you can, great. It's gonna help you save time and save money if you can cook and prep it all into nice little containers for you every single week. Good on you. I'm not that organized. And I'll never will be. Plus, I also am into much more variety. That's the foodie side of me. So making 10, 12, or 14 of the same food or same kind of meal, um, that's not going to work for me on a regular basis. However, I do believe that you should be meal prepared. That's different from meal prep. At any time, I can walk into my kitchen and have 5 to 10 items to eat within 5 to 10 minutes of preparation, and even more that are ready to eat right now. I've got Protein bars, uh, natural jerky bars, black bean chips, hummus, smoked tofu, cheese sticks, eggs, luncheon meat, protein shakes. Well, you get the idea. I can grab an insulated bag and be out the door in just a few minutes with a day's worth of food that I love and helps keep me on track. Where you need to plan if you're going to be meal prepared is keeping your kitchen stocked. You've got to get to the grocery store or set up delivery on a regular basis. Don't let your fridge or cabinets get empty. It's too easy to get back in the bad habit of going to fast food or grab and carry out when you don't have the food in the house. And now it's too easy with online ordering and quick pickup at grocery stores and delivery to not be fully stocked in your house. Tip number five, never say never. The fastest way to derail your success is the word no. When you tell yourself that you can never have fill-in-the-blank food again, then this is for sure the thing that you are going to want the most. Now, I know that in your case, you may not be able to tolerate certain items after surgery. There may be medical reasons for not being able to eat something. But bariatric surgery is not a life sentence of no taste, no fun food. This way of life is not about restriction. It's about the reality of a new life and a new, better relationship with food. As soon as you make something off-limits, it becomes a temptation. And you can quickly find yourself back with food as your mistress. This is also why I don't like the idea of cheat days. The whole notion that you are doing something wrong, cheating on yourself. Don't cheat. Instead, plan to indulge. If you are going to have a dinner out at a restaurant that makes your all-time favorite pasta... Then plan to indulge yourself with that pasta by making sure the rest of your day has all of your protein and nutrition you need. Then you can enjoy with no guilt. We've had too much guilt for too long around food. That needs to end in your life. That needs to be gone. You need to be able to enjoy food freely. Look, we could go on for hours talking about food and all the ways it's part of our psyche. I hope these last five tips will help you take your relationship with food to a healthier and happier place. And I want you to realize that you are never alone in this. We've all struggled with this relationship. If you've got a tip for someone, or maybe you're struggling right now and you just need an ear, and you just need to get it out you can email us. We're at bariatricbros at gmail.com. You can hit us up on social media. You can even send us a text. Our phone number is 443-356-6779 in the United States. There's a huge community of people around you that have dealt with all of these things and we're finding our way through. And as part of this journey, I'm on and being an adventurous eater. I want to try all the foods that can help all of us stay on plan but not feel deprived. And so let's head up to our first visit to the Bariatric Bros Test Kitchen. All right, well, we are here in the Bariatric Bros Test Kitchen. So it's our first time here. Okay, it's basically just my kitchen. But this time out, we're doing shrewd foods now i found them on instagram i saw it, it crunchy snacks and i went got to check that out so uh ordered their pack that includes 12 bags uh it was around 24 bucks i think on amazon came really quick comes in this really cool box uh, high protein crunchy and convenient is their watchwords. it also comes with this little paper that uh, is kind of like a little ad for all of the snacks that come in here. Crunchy like a carb, not have to sacrifice. Uh, great taste for low carbs, non-GMO, gluten-free, low fat, just so you know that's what, they're, uh, that's what they're doing. But you can have all of this, but if it doesn't taste good, you know, what's the point, right? So these are all protein puffs. Um, and I guess like little cheese balls that would be kind of that equivalent to what they look like but they have a baked cheddar version brick oven pizza nacho cheese uh, parmesan herb croutons so if you're a salad person that that would be good and then they have two kind of sweet versions which is cookies and cream and strawberries and cream nothing's over two net carbs All the proteins on the cheddar, brick oven pizza, and nacho cheese are 14 grams. The croutons are two net carbs, 10 grams of protein per bag. And strawberries and cream and cookies and cream are four net carbs, three net carbs, respectively, and 12 and 13 grams of protein. So the sweet ones, obviously, just a touch more carbs and a touch lower on the protein than others. But again, it comes down to the taste. So, um, I tend to be more of a savory guy most of the time. So we're going to start with the savory. Brick oven pizza. That's what we're going to try first. So we'll pop open the bag here real quick and try brick oven pizza again. Nice texture. Mm, nice smell too. Wow. Really does have a really good smell. All right. Mm. All right. Great crunch. like that. Oh, man, really good flavor, too. Mm, it does have that brick oven vibe. It's got that Italian seasoning flavor and a nice cheese and tomato vibe in it, for sure. Um, oh, and I also like the fact that the crunch stays with you, but the flavor also does, too. Sometimes I've had different protein puffs. Um That you lose the flavor, like you bite and you get that initial punch and it's really good, but then you lose the flavor after like three bites and then you're just crunching whatever that is, high protein nothingness. All right, so that was uh, the pizza, brick oven pizza. Now we're going to try the baked cheddar version. I'm a big cheese fan, so anything cheese for me is normally a really good thing. Um, mm. Um, whew, I like the cheddar. Wow, I tell you what, the salt hit is really popping. Like, I didn't notice it in the brick oven pizza. That is a little salty to me on that one. Um let's try the nacho cheese. And they have a little picture of like chips and cheese with salsa on the front. Let's try those same kind of thing. So they all look great. They all really um, look nice in their presentation. Great crunch factor. Definitely satisfying if you're looking for that real snacky snack crunch. Mm. I like this. Not as hit, not as much of a hit on the salt on this one. This is more like the brick oven pizza. Great cheese flavor. Little vibe of like um, a salsa or pepper, but not spicy. I'm not a big spicy guy, so I'm not like going to try something super hot. That's not my thing. Oh, I like that. Uh, Let's try the protein croutons. These are Parmesan herb flavor. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, that's nice. First hit is a big Parmesan punch. And you get a nice hit of herbs on there, too. Mm. Oh, I might have to have another one of those. Mm. Yeah, I like that one, too. Now we've got the cookies and cream. Not really as much of a smell. Like, the others all have a really nice smell. This one doesn't really have a smell. Um, looks good. Kind of looks like cookies and cream in, um, in the mode there. Almost like big cocoa puffs. Crunchy, just like the other one. Same kind of crunch factor. And that's the thing with a lot of protein snacks like this you have to get used to the texture is slightly different crispier uh, crunchier more fibrous it's got a little hit of the chocolate cookie of cookies and cream and the cream the flavor doesn't stay as long as it does with the savory ones but it's a nice hit and if you're looking for something that's not too sweet And gives you a little taste of like a chocolate cookie. That's it. I mean, it's not going to replace your cookie. But, I mean, if you're getting 13 grams of protein in a little bag and you can have a little hit of sweetness, that's cool too. All right, let's try the last one, strawberries and cream. Again, the sweet ones, the sweeter ones don't have really um, a big sniff factor. It doesn't really have the nose that the savory ones have. But this one is good. Um, so we'll pull these out. These are more just, uh, they're kind of a pale pink uh, ball. Ooh, this definitely has a little more strawberry punch, fruit punch right out of the chute when you put some in your mouth. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I like these a little better than the, than the chocolate ones. But um, again, I'm more of the savory vibe anyway than the sweet. And I do get kind of that Strawberry shortcake, strawberries and cream kind of vibe from this. So here's the deal with shrewd foods, with these protein pups, I got to tell you, thumbs up all the way around. Um, they are delicious, I think, across the board. Uh, my favorite probably are going to be, I think I probably split it in half. My favorites are probably going to be the brick oven pizza, um, the nacho cheese, and the parmesan croutons, as far as Hit and balanced flavor overall. Um, the cookies and cream and strawberries and cream probably next in line there. Probably my least favorite. The baked cheddar, just because the the salt factor in it just is a little, little too forward for me. So uh, here's the thing. Even <laughs> even the baked cheddar. Trust me, I'm going to eat the rest of it. There you go. Ah man, that's good. I like that stuff. I'm going to be ordering some more shrewd food. Um, By the way, not sponsored or anything. So just trying them. Going to give you the straight skinny on all these things. So um, that's our first edition here on the uh, Bariatric Bros Test Kitchen. Uh, By the way, if you're listening to the podcast, this is also going to be a video and we'll post it up on our YouTube page. So you can go to YouTube at Bariatric Bros and find it right there. And if you're watching this piece on youtube then you already know that and you may not know we have a podcast so head on over and find the podcast also on this same channel by the way we'd love to know if you would like us to try something not only are we going to try stuff we can buy on the internet packaged foods things like that but want to try your recipes if you've got a cool recipe or if we find a cool recipe we're going to be making it and trying it as well so that you have an idea My opinions are just that, my opinions. You may try some of these things and think that's not good or it's really good, but I'm hopefully going to give you uh, at least my years of eating lots of good food experience and all of these things, and hopefully that will help you guide your way on some of these special items to help us keep living that bariatric life and eating like men. Well, before our time is done today, I want to tell you about something cool that we are doing at Bariatric Bros. And that is partnering with the folks from Walk From Obesity. This is a nationwide walk in the United States that happens on September 26th to help raise money for a great foundation that reaches out and helps those with obesity in the United States. They reach out to help others Um, who need help with money, with procedures, the education, and literally just bringing the cause of the disease of obesity to the forefront to let folks know how dangerous this disease really is. And it's not just a, oh, you're eating too much. It really is a disease that causes death, that costs millions and millions hundreds of millions of dollars each year to the medical community to treat folks and so we want to help so we have put a team together it's the bariatric bros podcast walkers team and we'd love for you to be a part of it so here's the thing of course it's going to be a virtual walk this year now you've got to walk but you're gonna do it on your own in your own time uh, by the 26th of September We'd love it if you could raise some money to help with this. There's some prizes and all kinds of cool things involved as well. But we'd love for you to join our team with the Bariatric Bros Podcast Walkers. We've got details and links in our show notes so you can do that. You can also just go to the Walk From Obesity website and click on register. And when it asks you about joining a team, just search for the Bariatric Bros Podcast Walkers team and join us there. But we are going to have a good time. We're going to talk a little bit more about this in the upcoming weeks. But we're excited about doing this and giving back in a real way to those who have helped us get where we are now. That's it for this episode. I want to thank you so much for being here and being a part of what we're doing every week and being a part of now the worldwide audience. We're in now 10 countries. Folks are listening. Thank you so much. We really would love to hear from you. We are on all the social media at Bariatric Bros. We can hit our website at bariatricbros.com. We've got a YouTube page now too. So if for some reason you can't follow the podcast on a particular app, you can also share the YouTube. We've got the full podcast up on YouTube and other great content that's coming there soon. As I said earlier, we really would love to hear from you. You can email us at any time, bariatricbros at gmail.com. And you can text us, 443-356-6779. And if you've got a comment or a question, you just want to say hi, shoot us a text there. Again, that's the United States number, so it's a plus one if you're out of the country. But we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Of course, we'd love for you to subscribe or follow the podcast, depending on what app you're listening to us on right now and if your app like apple Podcasts or google has a ratings feature would you please take a minute and just leave us a little rating you know give us a five star and maybe say a couple of cool words about it but the biggest way that you can help is to share this spread the word let others know about the bariatric bros podcast we'd love more people to listen so that we can just help more people That's what we're here for. I'm really excited about our upcoming episodes. We have been talking to some of our bariatric bros, and we've got some great pieces coming up where you're going to hear some cool stories and some guys who are just living that bariatric life and eating like men. I'm Mike Alley, and I can't wait to talk to you next time here on the Bariatric Bros Podcast. Take care.